Hello and welcome back to Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets. I'm your host, DJ Mitchell, here to go over Friday's four-game slate of action. I will be actually having some bets I'm going to be placing right now live on the show. Um, I think there's some pretty good or early lines that I'm going to be taking advantage of. Uh, some favorites, I think, are probably a little bit better off. Um, and, and a couple really, really good games in general that I'm excited to watch. So we are not going to take a ton of time. I'm wearing my brand-new Toronto Raptors jersey, uh, old-school Vince Carter. Uh, of course, authentic. I'm, I'm not a, a schleb. Um, but this is because it's NBA All-Star break, which I'm not the biggest basketball fan in the world. I'm not going to even pretend to be. I do like jerseys a lot. Uh, but it's one of my favorite times of the year to create a ton of content because I get a ton more people watching and people that love to bet check out hockey. And it's a really good opportunity for um, a lot of people to grow their brand. So I'm really excited. I always love NBA All-Star break and not because I watch it. So <laughs> we're going to get right into it with Nashville at Carolina. Um, I think it's, it's a very fun match. I always like watching these two teams play against each other for some reason. I just kind of feel like they're like a similar brand in some capacity where it's like fun and interesting and the teams are doing like fun, cool things. And um, I'm really excited for this game because uh, to bet on it, because I think Carolina is just not quite getting enough credit here. Only minus 160 feels like a lot like the way these two teams are playing as of late, Carolina just projects quite a bit better um, than Nashville, especially to score in general. So I'm not touching the over under for that reason. I just don't really have a lot of faith in Nashville to like hit overs often last game out. They only had the one goal. I don't trust their bottom nine more or less, which is not a good feeling to have. So if that top line doesn't get it done, um, they're just not going to get there. So I shade the under six, but I just don't think it's necessary to take minus 115 when you could just take minus 160 on Carolina, put that in a round robin instead. I feel a lot better about it. Um, Carolina is just the better team coming off a really, really tough loss where they gave up two late goal, well, late goal and then the overtime goal against Florida. You know, I think it's a great bounce back spot for them here. Um, they're just a far better team. In general, they limited Florida to quite a few less shots than normal, even though, you know, by normal standards, people would be like, oh, Florida still had like 30 shots, but, you know, that's doing incredibly well against Florida. So I'm very bullish on this Carolina team overall in general to be sort of, a you know, a team to watch in the East. Um, when we look at that last game, like I said, you know, Freddie Anderson took on 31 total shots, made 28 saves. I mean, he's just been good all year. If he's in or not, doesn't really matter to me. Uh, I think him or Ranta are just fine here in this spot. So I'm taking Carolina. I'm just like I said, shading the under, but I'm not bullish on it. Um, in the slightest, we look at that Carolina game. They ran Teravine and Aho, Natras, Sveshnikov, Trocek, and Jarvis, which has been pretty normal for them. When they were up, Jordan Stall got a good bit more run with Fast and Niederreiter, which has been kind of their defensive line more or less. Top power play is is giving the same as it's been all season long. I, you know, I, I don't think I'm incredibly high on stacking Carolina because they're probably going to be facing one of the better goalies in the league in UC Soros. So like I said, I shade the under here. I don't have a ton of time for this game in general. Uh, it's not going to probably make my DFS cut overall, but I do think there's value in guys like Natchos at 3,600. He's not on the top power play anymore, and he's kind of shot a lot less. But I do think if you are playing guys like Ajo and Tara Vinans, he does fit in nicely at 3,600. But as I've already said, I think eight times now, not overly interested in this game other than taking Carolina. Game number two is probably the game of the night. You know, Panthers at Wild. Slightly favored are the Panthers at minus 120 on the road, the Wild plus 100. You know, I think this is a game that I, I, I shade the, the over at uh, minus 120, but I, I think it's going to get down to six. Um, 
I would be somewhat surprised if it stuck here. So I'd rather just wait and look if I can get plus money on the six. I think this is a, a decent pace, but I think that the, the scoring ability that exists between these two teams is just better than a lot of the analytics will tell you. Um, I actually, weirdly enough, surprisingly, have Minnesota as like just fine at plus money here to take, but I don't feel a ton of confidence in it with the way Florida's playing. I, like I said, over six feels better to me if it gets there, which is what I think it'll line up to. Um, so I'm going to try to grab that as soon as I can find it and rather than wait around. But I, I don't think it's a stone cold lock by any stretch, but I do like it. So I think that um, the over six is all I'm going to take here. Uh, I do think that just for that reason, I am interested in this from a DFS perspective. And it feels easier to play Florida, but it's really hard to pinpoint the proper correlation on a four game slate. And let me just kind of help get to what that means. Um, the po top power play is what I want to stack through. A lot of teams derive a lot of their fantasy points from the power play, a lot more shot opportunities, goals, etc. We have Barkov, Duclair, Ekblad, Huberdo, and Reinhardt as the top power play. Well, Reinhardt doesn't play with any of those guys at five on five that I just named. And Barkov and Duclair are fine together because they are in the top power play, but Duclair actually only finished with 14 minutes and got substantially less five on five time. So once they were down, they kind of abandoned that. And I just don't love that. Carter Verhage, on the other hand, played a ton of five on five time and the most of any forward, but they got zero power play minutes, which is just unbelievably tilting. So it's hard to fit him in too, even at 4,100 without any power play run. So you're kind of limiting yourself to Huberdo, who also didn't play with any of his power play mates at five on five. Again, Huberdo, not with Duclair Barkov or Reinhardt. Reinhardt, not with any of them. So you're really limiting yourself at how you could stack and feel really good about it. Then again, you could get really unique with that in general and just take like Reinhardt, Barkov, Ekblad and, and like get you really unique because of it. But it's just not what I want to do in a four game slate. I think this is a good spot to maybe just grab Ekblad and one guy and have that be your two man. Any guy in the first power play fits just fine. Ekblad 28 minutes and get a bigger stack elsewhere that has better correlation. Because even if Florida scores five goals here, you might end up with five unique goal scorers and no guy that hits three points. And on a four game slate, that's what you need. So if you get, you know, five goals, five different goal scorers, and, you know, not many double point guys. Okay, yeah, your lineup is probably going to cash, but you're not going to win a GPP. Uh, so that's kind of weird with them. Kind of the opposite with Minnesota. On the other hand, um, you know, they just laid a dud against Winnipeg, giving up six, which again is, is kind of leading me into why I think this over is strong is I don't trust Minnesota's goaltending. I don't really trust either of them. They're good defensively, but if they're going to be without Dumba, which I'm expecting, that really hurts the top six defensemen they have. Like Jordy, Ben, Kulikov, Goligoski, and Merrill are not good. Uh, so it's Spurgeon and Brodeen getting a lot of lean. Um, Spurgeon was actually on the power play unit with Kaprizov, Zuccarello, Erickson, and Boldly. So I do think a really nice defenseman on this slate could be Jared Spurgeon, who hit the blocks bonus last time out, but we know could be a great rate shooter. And, you know, it has that high point upside that I like. Uh, Brodeen was on the second unit. So, uh, you know, Matt Boldly, I think, is going to garner some ownership at 4,900 still, just because of how good he's been. And the last time we saw him on a small slate, he had four points, including a hat trick. I think people are going to get in on it. So I might just get away from it here and focus more on the top line. So look at like a Hartman. I might not Bazzucarello, but I think you're fine to do it because he's, you know, 6K, which is a lot, but it, it gets extra unique. But you know, getting Zuccarello, Hartman, and Spurgeon might be a nice unique three-man. 
um, against Florida who can give up goals against. So I think that's fine and justifiable, but my total take on this game is probably the over six. The next game is another one I like Dallas playing a back-to-back Chicago team. I'm just a little bit lower on Chicago than maybe the field. I do think that they're good defensively though. And I feel like I haven't mentioned that enough. Dallas also is great defensively. So this game profiles really well to be a good under. And they all agree with me on that because the under five and a half is minus 120. I hate it, but that's the way it is. Um, I think that this game profiles to be that kind of a game, you know, a, a two to one struggle. For that reason, I'm kind of penciling in now my goaltender to probably be Ottinger, who has been really good uh, as long as he's a starter for them, which I am kind of expecting with how good he's been and the way they're trying to get, you know, the playoff position. Um, so I like that here and not a whole lot else. Um, yeah, you can play Dallas one in any slate because they get so much run together. Pavelski, Robertson, Hints, But in a game they beat Colorado last time out, their leading offensive player was Luke, Lucas Glenn Benning. And that is just really, really not fun at all. So no thank you, uh, I think is my, my best take here in this game. I like the under, but unless if we get better than minus 120 on it, I'm not going to take it because it's just like betting, like watching to bet against goals is no fun. And when it's that much of a negative, I really don't enjoy it. So yeah, I think this game's probably more of a stay away. I think that in DraftKings, I'm going to just cross it out because I don't want to pay the premium on Dallas one in a game. I don't environment. I don't love. I do think that if you want to get kind of weird, you could play Tyler Sagan at, at 4,900, but it's not my favorite. He was in the top power play with Robert and Pavelski, Hintz, and Klingberg, and it is rolling. So I can see a narrative to where it is a one-man if you do take a five-man stack somewhere else. Um, that's about it here. I think that you can move forward with your slate. Um, on the Chicago, they're on a back-to-back. The, the one piece here that I think is of note is Kirby Doc 2700. He gets a ton of run, but no power play one time, unless if something changes on Thursday night. And the, the thing, again, this is very Florida-esque, but almost like no other team does exactly what Chicago does with their forwards, where they just say Kane, Strom, Doc, Debrinkit are going to get all the run, and it doesn't matter who they play with. Um, they had guys with as little as six minutes on offense, and Kane and Debrinkit get 20, and they don't play them on the same line together. So you got to kind of figure out what they're going to do. So that's the good and bad with Chicago. If you can kind of put anything together and feel good about it, as long as you're including some power play correlation. So Kane and Debrinkit are great line mates together because they play together. Um, so I think you can talk yourself into it, but you don't need to um, on this slate is what I'm getting to. So if you do want to go that route with them, the other thing is Hagel wasn't the top power play. So you know, Hagel, Kane, and Strom are all line one top power play, even though Kane plays with everyone. So the last game of the night is LA at Vegas. Um, Vegas was, you know, I would say piss poor against Colorado. They, you know, I would say that, but the game in general just did not live up to the hype at all. I mean, the expected goals were 2.6 for Colorado to 2.8 for Vegas. Uh, Marcheseau had a million shot attempts. Uh, You know, uh, Riley Smith hit the post. He looked really good. And the Eichel line was non-existent. So yeah, um, I think this is a much better matchup for them. I I think it's going to take a little bit of time for Eichel to get his feet under him and and get rolling, but they put them out against the McKinnon line quite a bit and they got, you know, their doors blown off. There's really no other way to put it. They look good against every other line, but boy, that McKinnon line on paper, on analytics, they just crush them. So maybe once Eichel gets going again, it'll be fine. And this could be a good spot to consider it. You know, I think LA 
is a fine team, a pretty decent defensive team, but their depth is not the best. Once you get past their top six, it's borderline bad. Um, so I think this is a good spot to get on uh, Vegas at minus 160. They're a really good team. I like it here. I think the over-under is tough for me to want to bet. We're probably almost, I think almost definitely not going to see Laner here because he's still kind of in this injured state. So Brassois is, is a fine player. I don't think he's anything that I'm, I'm you know, just turning my, you know, plugging my nose and, and trying to like, yeah, I think he's fine. Like he's an okay player. So I do think this is a, a, a team, a late hammer in Vegas that I could get behind, but I'm not incredibly bullish on it. I do think this game does set up to be a better uh, pace game than maybe the books are, are leaning towards. I don't know if I want to bet the over six. I, I do think it's right on the nose. And, and I think that that could definitely happen. You might be looking at four to two finish the empty net. And it's just like, I don't really want to play for the push like that. So I'm probably not betting it. I'm just taking Vegas here and moving on. But with DraftKings, you know, I, you look at the top power play that they ran against Colorado, which was Eichel, Dadanoff, Pacioretty, uh, Wah, and Theodore. They got just as much run as Carlson, Marchessault, Petrangelo, Smith, and Stephenson. So the whole Eichel line is playable for sure. Um, Pacioretty and Eichel are going to really break the bank. But as I kind of alluded to, if you don't play Minnesota one, you don't play a ton of Florida you can play, really play whatever you want because there's really nothing that's going to crush you on salary cap. So the best defenseman with them would be Shea Theodore at 5,900. And then if you're playing Peach Rangelo at 61, he prepared better with your, you know, Marchessault, Stephenson um, pairing, which did look good together. So, you know, whatever you want to do here, I think Vegas is going to make their way into my lineups um, with, you know, any, something from that Florida, Minnesota game, however I want to put it together. Um, so that's probably my best DraftKings advice is Florida, Minnesota game is my favorite. It's hard to game stack because of the pricing, but you can do it, especially if you play like a Sam Bennett to start and just say, you know what? I don't care about the power play. I'm playing Bennett Huberto. And you just tend to start there and then kind of roll with what you want to do to get unique and, and save a little bit. Then you can play a couple of Minnesota guys and like Spurgeon and then get Vegas in as your main stack. I say it almost every small slate, which has been a lot of these. I really, really, really try to have a four-man stack in all of my, you know, if you're a GPP person, if you're a cash game person, it doesn't really matter. But if you're a GPP type of player, most winning lineups on small slates, four and under, have four-man stacks. That's just the way it goes. So if you want to win, that's the way to do it. I'm not saying you can't win without it, but it's much more likely you will with it. Um, so favorite bets of the night, let's finish it off. I'm taking Carolina minus 160, Dallas minus 140, Vegas minus 160. And like I said, I kind of like the over six, if I can find it, which it isn't right now for Florida, Minnesota. Um, I'm Like I said, going to wait, get a look around, might grab it. Because um, I, like I said, I think it's going to fall. Uh, and that's pretty much it here. So I think I covered everything. I will be doing a uh, show of some variety for Saturday, just not on this network. Um, so it, check out my Twitter and you'll have it. Uh, love covering as much hockey as I can. But I mean, if you're watching the video, if you're not, go look. I got the classic Toronto Raptors jersey, authentic. Um, tags are still on too. Just got it. Just got it in the mail. Mitchell and Ness. I'm excited about this jersey. <laughs> but enjoy your weekend and uh, win some bets. Talk to you soon. <laughs>